It's time once again for our broadcast, Good News and Better News, where we spend 22 minutes advancing the theory that life really does not suck. And now, here is our host, author, screenwriter, and podcastman, Jonathan Richard Kring. Oh, say can you see? See, you'd never, you'd never pitch it that high. That's what I'll... All the singers complain about, you know, it's because you have to start it out so low because when you get to the end, otherwise you could simply embarrass yourself by missing the top note. So it's always fun when you hear them sing the Star Spangled Banner because they always, all these women, all these men start out with, they, they haven't really, you know, worked on their low ranges. So they go, oh, I can't get the low note. Oh, oh, you go, what was that, sir? What was that, what was, what was that word? You mean, oh, say, you mean that word? We started in that key, you can sing it all day long. Oh, oh, say, oh, say, can you see? Uh, but, 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 by the way, I can you see that the very last thing, the very last thing our ancestors heard, yes, heard, the very last thing our ancestors heard is they were about to launch and emigrate across the waters to the new world, America. The very last thing they heard was, get the hell out of here. It's true. And they, they, nobody was throwing a bon voyage party. They, they were coming over in kind of a, a curiosity trip to see if, you know, this might work out for them with the option of that if it didn't, they could return to their lovely digs in Sherwood Forest having brunch with the Sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah, these... these these people who resemble us, they were broke. They were despised. They were rejected, and many of them were criminals. Maybe some rapists. It became an issue of whether to stay in Europe and be miserable or go to America and be miserable. You ever been in that position? Here, you get a chance to pick your misery. I can pull this tooth with these pliers, which will last about 12 seconds, or I can give you antibiotics for seven days and you can be in pain. There, pick, pick your misery. That's the wheel rolling. What did it land on? Well, we're going to the new world. And just in case you got the idea that these people who came over here, your ancestors, mine, that they came to this country because of religious persecution. Keep in mind that the English, the English never get pissed at anyone. I mean, how bad do you have to be, pilgrims? <laughs> what did you do? You pilgrims, what kind of assholes did you have to be 
to upset the Brits. They just kind of sit around with their knee and crumpets and... What did you do to do that? You know what you were, you pilgrims. You were Puritans. You see, you didn't want to just believe in God. You wanted to stuff your God down everybody's gullet until they vomited up all the demons of their lust. Pretty determined you were, yes, you were. Or your potato crop had just failed and you were tired of stealing from the local townspeople and you secured passage on the boat so you can sit in that little floating apparatus for a month and lick your wounds so when you arrive in the new land you've got a big bunch of steam to go out and kill the natives. Our forefathers were assholes. That's not the original lyrics. So I don't have to pay any royalty on that. They were assholes. They divided into two groups, the Puritans and the Renegades. The Puritans and the Renegades. If you weren't a Puritan, you were a renegade who was either running away from a crime you committed or just abstract poverty that kept slamming you in the face with a brick. If you weren't a renegade, you were this Puritan thing. You thought little girls just might be witches? Let let me simplify it for you. Puritans, they hated penis and vaginas. Renegades, they hated rules and races. Was that simple enough? Puritans hated penis and vaginas. Renegades hated rules of any kind and other races. These are the people, honest to God, I lied to you not. These are the people who sat around a table, 56 of them, to sign the Declaration of Independence and begin this new country. And let me tell you, their consciences were bothering them. They knew they were bastards. That's why they asked Thomas Jefferson to write the declaration for them. He, they knew he was one of the most idealistic of them, and they hoped that his words might cleanse them of some of their buffoonery. Ridiculous nature of hypocrisy. So good old Tom went to the task. He immediately addressed the evils of the Puritan nature and the renegade factions by beginning this document, this Declaration of Independence, with these words. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Can I tell you something right now? Not one goddamn opium-smoking, snuff-popping, waistcoat-wearing delegate with wooden teeth 
really believed any of that. They just knew they should. You know there's a difference. There's a difference between really believing something and extracting the truth from it and making it a part of your life and putting it on your wall or in your Declaration of Independence. They knew it was right. They did. They were so damn proud of themselves that they knew what was right and that they actually wrote it down. And then they completely ignored it. We wrote it down. What do you want? Compliance? Faithfulness? Here was the thought. If we write it down, someone will come along and credit us for at least being aware of what the truth really was. Because by the time they founded the Constitution, they had already decided to take their renegade side and insist that the black population, individually when counted, was only three-fifths of a person. That means if you got five black folks together, you really only had three. Made it easy for planning for dinner. Oh, since you were black folks, I thought I only made enough food for three. I know there's five of you, but I was working on the Constitution's counting. And they also had to protect, protect themselves against the Puritans by writing the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law. See, we think the First Amendment is about protecting religion. No, it's about protecting us from religion. Congress shall make no law as regards the promotion of any particular religion. Protecting us by protecting us from religion to guard against their self-righteous preaching ways of those who think they are believers. I don't know what makes believers think that the first thing they're supposed to believe in is killing everybody who doesn't believe what they believe. Thomas Jefferson knew slavery was wrong. Word has it he had a woman that probably was whispering in his ear every night. George Washington knew. That's why they nobly, when they died, they freed their slaves. Now there's a guy named Patrick Henry down in Virginia. Virginia. Now he was fully aware that the Puritans were gross, overwrought, mean-spirited people who hated everybody who was not them. He was part of the renegades. See, they lived in the southern colonies. And the Puritans, the tight asses, settled in the north. But they all knew it was right. But they didn't do it. Instead, they wrote this eloquent document, hoping that God would have mercy on their souls. He hasn't. We suffer in this country under a curse of violence. A curse of uncontrolled anger, partisanship, religious intolerance, 
color barriers, social inequity, all because those 56 men promoted an idea which they did not pursue or live out. The curse hangs. Nobody could love this country more than I do. Some of you may be listening, oh, this is not a good July 4th message because he gets it to God bless America. I didn't have that in it. I'm not getting tears in my eyes about how beautiful the country is. Oh, Jesus. If you were married to a, a, a beautiful person that you loved and you saw that they were deteriorating before you, would you sit there and, and, you know, if they were losing lots of weight and they were, the skin was turning ashen, would you say, oh, just a bad week? Or would you step in and say, my God, I love you. What's wrong with you? Why, why are you dying before my eyes? Why, why are you losing your soul, your flesh, your blood, your emotion? Right before my eyes, I love you so dearly. I love everything about you. I love every freedom I possess. I love everything about the Republicans. I love everything about the Democrats. I just don't want you to die from the curse that was brought on by these 56 men who lied. All men are created equal. <laughs> oh, leave out the laugh. The United States of America is still divided between Puritans and renegades. We still have people in this country who believe they have the right to decide the bedroom habits of other travelers, and we certainly have renegades who would jump on the chance to start up slavery again if it didn't make them look so damned ignorant. As they flowed into this country, some of them Puritan, some renegade. They took on their particular flavors, but one flavor they shared in common. We came from Europe. We are better than the people we are meeting in America. We came from Europe. We're better than America. If we came from Europe, we're better than the people from Africa. We came from Europe. We're better than the people from the Middle East. We came from Europe. We're better from the people coming down there from the, the immigration right now in the South and the Mexico where we're here. They brought their weird with them. Of course, we don't want to talk about it. It's, it's after all, it's our American family. You don't talk about family. You do not talk about family. If Uncle Larry is crazy, we don't ever talk about his insanity. We find other words for Uncle Larry. Quirky. Sophisticated. A man of the world. A Baptist. A Republican, a Democrat. We find other words to explain his, here's the word, his flightiness. Here's a word you don't hear very often. He's flighty. That means he's goofy in the brain. That's what it means. We spent so many years making excuses for ourselves and our ancestors that we 
We as a people sitting in America today, we feel dirty and defiled. We don't know what to do with that feeling, so we take it out on others. That, that I know what the problem is. It's the black people's problem. If we, if we didn't have so many black people committing crimes, uh, we'd be better off. No, no, no. It's those people coming in at the borders. Those people who want to pick fruit. God damn them. I don't need that much fruit. What would have happened in 1776 if the Puritans had admitted that they were persecuted back in England because they hated people. And the renegades had confessed that they kind of really liked owning black people. But they knew it was the greatest shame of their soul. How much further along would this planet be if our forefathers had acted more fatherly instead of like a bunch of rampant, raging, crazy, lying, son-of-a-bitch hypocrites. I suppose you can go through and find a few good ones, but none of them were able to crack the nut. It was too scary, and we still can't crack the nut today. We use freedom of religion to oppress ourselves and others instead of using it for what religion's supposed to do, which is set people free. That renegade spirit often becomes a weapon to attack the integrity of another race or nationality in an attempt to prove the supremacy of the white race. Yes, white, we'll go beige, nothing beyond that. When you start out as a motherfucker, some repentance is in your future. Did you hear that? When you start out as a motherfucker, some repentance is in your future. And no time in our history did we actually repent. We fought. We argued. We narrowly passed bills to confirm that we had already stated these things in the Declaration of Independence, and therefore they were true that all men are actually created equal. We'll give in on this point. We talked about the glory of our culture, the heritage of the South, and the customs of the North. Now, all of a sudden, now, we want an immigration policy. We might be a little late. We could have done without some Puritans and renegades. What do you think? So, what should we think about on this 242nd anniversary of the Declaration of Independence? I'm going to give you my bill of right-ons. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that extremely corny? Matter of fact, most people would not know the term right-on, but I, I, uh, I used it anyway because I just got really stubborn about it. At 3 o'clock this morning, I got up and I thought, oh, I need to change that. That's so old-fashioned. I thought, no. No. I got really impudent and went right on. So here is my bill of right-ons. Number one, religion has one purpose to help people. 
Even God says if you can't help people, you don't love him. If religion is intolerant, hurts people, or keeps any group segregated, it is not religion. It is not a church. It should not receive tax exemption unless it can prove that it loves people. Number two, we are not a culture. We are a country, a melting pot, dissolved. We are all Americans or none of us are Americans. Three, you have the right to bear arms if you also are exercising your right to prevent people from killing each other. Next, freedom of speech is not freedom of screech. You do not have the right to purposely damage, attack, and hurt other human beings simply because you have a tongue in your head. You know what I got? A tongue in my head. I used to have, what do they call it? Oh, a brain. I didn't need that. So I just, I got rid of the brain, got a good deal for it, and I kept my tongue. Number five, we shall do away with political parties. We will vote for candidates and learn what they believe and trace their values back to the source of their hearts instead of the platforms of their party. How about a sixth? Develop campaigns, slogans, advertisements, and even our educational system that mocks, ridicules racism and prejudice until it is exposed as the dumb-ass thing it is. Should I give you a seventh while we're here? And since it only comes up once a year, we will begin our task by establishing true equality between men and women across the boardroom from salary to opportunity back to salary again, and back to opportunity. Uh, my eighth thought is we should do away with the Electoral College and trust the power of the vote up and down. Don't tell me my vote means something and then have the Electoral College or gerrymandering of all sorts of districts to get it the way you want it to work out. Don't tell me my vote matters until my vote matters. Nine. We will cease to divide our nation between Puritans and renegades, but instead repent of our self-righteousness and cleanse ourselves of all racism. And finally, we will become the new forefathers of this nation so that our children in 240 years from now can sit on July 4th munching a non-carb, non-fat, non-lethal food and say, Shit! Those folks finally got around to doing it right. For the good news is, America is not exceptional, but is capable of doing exceptional things. And the better news is, it's time for you and me to be the land of the free. That's it for today. Stay tuned next week when we will gather once again and find ways to put the pin back in the grenade. 
Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media and at goodnewsandbetternews.com.